the Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Welcome to week one, everybody. Conference USA Underdog Podcast on underdogdynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. We did it. There's real games this week. I'm going to break down each one of those within Conference USA for you, give our picks, and talk a little bit about each matchup ready to go. Uh, Joe Londrigan and Eric Henry here with you once again. Eric, how ready are you for this uh, for this weekend and the full slate of games? Dude, I am fired up, man. You know, it's interesting as we were getting ready to call into the podcast here. You know, not that I don't enjoy talking to you every week during the offseason, but it, it just kind of had a moment where it sunk in. And it's like, we're going to be talking real football games. So I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, same here. And uh, we're starting it off with uh, Western Kentucky and Central Arkansas on uh, Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Toppers get a little extra boost in the uh, last couple of days with uh, Jaden Hunter, the Georgia transfer at linebacker, getting cleared to play immediately. Uh, definitely gives them a little bit of a defensive boost. Um, looking for anything really to kind of keep the uh, positive momentum going that came with the hire of Tyson Helton. Uh, speaking about this matchup specifically, Central Arkansas, not a bad FCS team. They have a decent quarterback in Luke Hales. However, there's really no excuse for WKU to not win this game. And I expect it to be, uh, you know, I expect it'll be a pretty decent game for Stephen Duncan, barring some kind of, you know, disaster. But I don't, I don't think we'll see that, at least not in week one. Yeah, well, once again, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer, but, yeah. you know, I was the one who kind of called Maine heading to uh, Bowling Green getting the win last year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I do think Western will win, but I don't want to just summarily dismiss, you know, the uh, uh, um, worst case scenario for, for Western. This, they just need this one in the worst way. They have to come out and get this even started on the right track, especially given the fact that they did lose to a team in Maine last year they should have beaten. And Maine is a very good FCS team, so it wasn't that, you know, they were played in nobody, but uh, they never recovered from the opening week loss against Wisconsin. So got to get it going. Uh, I've got Western. Same here. Yeah, I don't think there's too many similarities between this game and that Maine game last year. And, uh, you know, Maine, I believe, went on a pretty deep run last year. So, obviously, it's a different kind of matchup. But in the same vein, I think a lot of the guys who were on that team last year still have that image burned into their brain, and they're going to not let that happen again this year. Um, Another FCS matchup in the league on Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, same time, also on ESPN+. Charlotte and Gardner Webb. Uh, Gardner Webb, not a good team. In theory, Charlotte's offense should have a field day against uh, against this team, who really had very few bright spots last season. Yeah, Gardner Webb is a program that's struggled for many years now, so you know they're not necessarily in position to challenge. What I would really be looking for for Charlotte is just to see how guys get acclimated. You know. Uh, Acclimated new coach and Will Healy and how those things get going, specifically the quarterback. You know, I think we're going to see both Brett Keane and Chris Reynolds. Two different dynamics, in my opinion. Reynolds, despite being smaller in stature, is more of a pocket passer, whereas Brett Brett Keane is someone who will look to move the pocket a little bit, has that athletic ability. Thought athlete coming out of high school in the Cleveland area. So just want to see how both of them are able to efficiently work the offense. Nothing to be concerned about for 49ers fans as they should get the W. Yeah, I think this is going to be a nice a nice little jog for those offensive guys that you mentioned. Uh, so good way to start the year if you're a 49er fan, for sure. Um, I think this is the most intriguing game, this next one, of 
Thursday slate with FIU and Tulane in New Orleans, 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN3. I do feel very good about this FIU team, so I'm still picking them to win as I did uh, when we did our uh, our full season preview. Uh, however, you know, I think you probably know more about this Tulane team than I do, but you know, very solid team. Uh, have never really been able to break through the ceiling of the American in the last couple of years, given the you know competition that's in that league with Memphis, Houston, UCF, etc. Um, but I do really like the state that FIU is in right now, especially the offense. So I think they'll start the season off on the right foot and get a win. Yeah, this, when you look at the schedule, arguably is the most competitive Conference USA game we have. I mean, you can look at and La Tech and maybe look at them and say that that might be a competitive game. You, know, you never know. Uh, FAU, Ohio State, you never know. But I think this one's going to be the closest. The spread is Tulane. Uh, has two points on this one. So obviously the odds makers in Vegas felt this one would be a tight ball game as well. Here's the deal if you're an FIU fan. There's really a couple of matchups you need to pay attention to. The run defense, we've you know gone over that ad nauseum on this podcast, on every podcast and radio appearance that I do. But Tulane has very two, two very good solid running backs in Darius Bradwell and Corey Dufain. You're going to have to show and prove that you can stop the run early on, and trust me, they'll get their opportunities. A second one is Patrick Johnson, defenseman for Tulane. He's a guy who had 49 tackles, 10 sacks last year. He's going to be going up against De'Anthony Demery, the left tackle. And Demery probably is the best pro prospect in terms of a offensive lineman that FIU has. When you look at his measurables, he kind of reminds me of Laramie Tunsil, who's with the Dolphins, a left tackle, former Ole Miss uh, standout. But it, really for FIU, it's all the things we've talked about. You know, this is a game that they have to show and prove. They have to come out and say, we're playing a team who has equal talent to us. We're on the road. Let's make a statement that this year is not last year and get the win. Overall, I do think it could, it could be a situation where it comes down to maybe a Jose Borregales late field goal, you know, maybe a late defensive turnover, uh, maybe interception in the secondary. But I do believe FIU gets a W. Starting the year off on a nerve-wracking note. Not too, uh, not too sure how Panther fans feel about that one. But I, I like, I feel like they were in the the same place pretty much on thinking they'll start the year off with a win. Um, I think then we'll round off the Thursday slate then with UAB hosting Alabama State, 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. Another bad FCS team here should be no problem for UAB against a team that gave up uh, 60 points three times last year. So. Clearly a program in Alabama State that's uh, one or two issues they need to figure out before they uh, you know, rise through the ranks of FCS. But uh, for now, UAB should have a decent little tune-up game here. No disagreement here. The things I'm looking for on this one is just to see how some of the new guys, again, we know that UAB lost a ton of talent uh, on the defensive side of the ball, especially guys like Jamel Garcia-Williams, Chris Wilbright, et cetera. So you want to see how those new guys who are tape filling in and taking those roles uh, how they perform against a team that they should dominate against. And also the wide receiver spot, you know, lost uh, guys like Xavier Yabosi. So you just want to see how those positions come along. But UAP should roll. I mean, when you got Spencer Brown in the backfield, if all else fails, it's handed to him 20 times and he'll take care of the rest. Absolutely. Pretty self-explanatory game plan in theory for UAB here. Um, and then Friday, the one and only Conference USA game that day. Uh, Rice heading to Army to face uh, – Face the Black Knight there, 6 p.m. Eastern, CBS Sports Network. Um, we covered it plenty in our season preview, but Rice, not in a good spot right now, given the the injuries, suspensions, uh, still figuring out the, the true depth that's on their roster. 
for the most part. And honestly, I think Army is going to be a little bit better than most people think they will be this year. And if they have that running attack going like uh, like I think they they can, and uh, then I definitely think they're going to get a win. And I think it's going to be a sign of what's to come for, for Army for the rest of the year, as well as, uh, unfortunately, the struggles that Rice is probably going to see, many of which are going to be the same struggles they had last season. Yeah, one thing Army can do is run the football. Kelvin Hopkins Jr., you know he had quarterback. He ran over 1,000 yards last year. Uh, passed for just over 1,000, but of course it's a byproduct of their offense where they're not looking to toss the ball around too much. I don't think Rice has much of an option uh, on the defensive side that can contain him. I mean, sure, Blaze Aldridge would probably rack up 15 tackles just by virtue of the fact that Army's going to run it 40 times. But yeah, the other two programs who are kind of in different states. My memory serves me correct. I don't have my notes directly in front of me, but I think Army won 11 games last year. Rice hasn't uh, won 11 games in the past few years. So I uh, think the Black Knights will get the W at home. Yeah, that'll uh, it'll be a tough Friday night for Conference USA, and uh, that'll probably what do you call carry over into Saturday a little bit with this uh, early game between Ohio state and Florida Atlantic. That one kicks off at noon Eastern on Fox national TV. Um, Not too much to say here. Ohio state consistently loaded at every single position. It seems Uh, likely going to be, you know, in the talks of who's the best team in college football for most of the year. Uh, We'll see how that goes, but uh, Florida Atlantic, not really an indicator of what this team's going to really be able to do for the rest of the season. Um, but a good opportunity to see, you know, what, what this team has mentally and whether or not they can uh, put up a fight against a team that's uh, consistently very good year in year out. Yeah. I mean, you know, we look at Ohio state, you got to look at Justin Fields, the big time transfer they got from Georgia. He's, going to be the starting quarterback for them. And and when I look at this from the FAU perspective, I guess I ask myself, do they have a player on the field that can match that type of talent? Let's just say Justin Fields, for example. I don't believe they do. Um, You can look at guys like Rashad Smith and and James Pierre and guys like that are talented Conference USA players, but nothing really that should trouble Ohio State. I guess, once again, from the Alice perspective, you really want to see how competitive you can be and then establish a new guys coming in. Uh, B.J. Emmons, Larry McCammon, and as the running backs, see what Chris Robinson's going to look like at quarterback and see what you can carry on to your Conference USA schedule. But I think we're both in agreement in picking Ohio State. Yeah, pretty easy decision there. And then also on Saturday, we have the Battle of San Antonio, it would seem, between UTSA and uh, the FCS team, Incarnate Word. This is going to be relatively close, I actually think. Incarnate Word gave some teams uh, trouble last year. Um, Gave UTSA trouble last time they played, I believe. Um, But I think UTSA does win this one. I think this is going to be one of their bright spots of the year. And uh, definitely need this win, as I've kind of said before. Uh, Frank Wilson needs to needs to start picking up some steam in order to kind of keep what he's building going, uh, because frankly, the last two years have kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So, uh, hopefully, that changes with uh, with this game. Yeah, I guess I'm a little bit higher on UTSA. I'm not going to say higher, but I'm more optimistic about this game in particular just because of how much it's riding on this season for yeah. Frank Wilson and the uh, the environment around the program. Everyone knows that it's – I don't want to say it's do or die in terms of 
you know, getting a, a bowl appearance, but they know they've made a better showing overall. Very intrigued to see what Frank Harris has as the quarterback. Uh, guys like Sincere McCormick at running back, see how those guys perform. And also a couple guys at wide receiver, Tyke Ogle-Kellogg. I just want to see what they can do since they obviously can play major roles in what UTSA is able to do overall during the season. I think they win rather easily. Uh, so once again, for Frank Wilson's sake, <laughs> you better hope that this one ain't close uh, at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they need to get some positive momentum going. And um, anytime you lose to an FCS team, that's not going to make people optimistic about the future of your program. So, you know, again, this is a must win for him. But I think both of us are relatively optimistic that they can at least get that much done. Um, we got Marshall and VMI at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Saturday as well. No television for that game as far as I know. Um, at least not on a major network, but uh, this this really should be no problem for the Thundering Herd. VMI, uh, not great <laughs> historically uh, as an FCS team. Um, should be a good tune-up game, as uh, as I mentioned, for a couple of the other games that we've talked about so far in this episode, um, particularly with those young offensive guys. Uh, Brendan Knox, Isaiah Green, good chance for them to show that uh, you know they've developed a little bit from last year. Um, and uh, get their season off on the right foot. Yeah, you wouldn't want to, you know, kind of come down on BMI, but six wins in the past four years isn't really getting it done on the field. Uh, their team, I believe my memory serves me correct, was blown out 77-14 to 14 against Old Dominion last year. So we know what type of state their program is in. I'm looking forward to see what a guy like Furman Silva can do in his Marshall debut, see what kind of role he may play because obviously Marshall will contend in the East. We both believe that. Uh, and really quick, I think this game is on stadium. I'm looking at the FIU game notes as well as online. It uh, does say it's on stadium. So at least, you know, you can, can pick it up somewhere if you want to watch uh, what we both believe will be a definitive Marshall victory. Absolutely. Um, real quick, I just want to shout out the uh, kid who tweeted at us earlier this week. Um just disagree with the Marshall take. Um, welcome to your opinion, but main thing I want to say is thank you for being civil and disagreeing with us in a polite way. You'd be surprised how many people uh, that that disagree with me like to tell me where I can go or where I can shove certain things. So thank you. Um, I, I second that. I, I want to second that before you uh, continue. I'll second that point there. So, yeah. Yes. And it's, it's always nice to hear from listeners when they have, you know, legitimate – they legitimately want to have conversations about the stuff we talk about and tell us, you know what I mean? So that's kind of nice. Yeah. I um, know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, with uh, another FCS opponent on the schedule here for old dominion in Norfolk state, 7 PM Eastern ESPN three is going to be that game. Um, I think old dominion takes this one. I think as we've talked about before, we're not real high on where old dominion is this year. Um, new stadium or not, but um, Old Dominion, I think, is going to be a team that's going to have some kinks to work out throughout the course of the year, and hopefully they can get several of those out of the way now in what's probably going to be their most surefire win of the season, hopefully. So I'm, I think Old Dominion is going to be able to take this one, and they got to get ready for the uh, more challenging opponents on their schedule very quickly. Yeah, just the only things I'm really looking for as far as Old Dominion is concerned – 
looking forward to the debut of wide receiver Stevie Williams. You know, I won't cover that point again. Uh, it's been announced that he will see some time at wide receiver and potentially see some time at quarterback. But just want to see how that goes. The quarterback situation there with Stone Smart, Messiah DeWeaver, see how that works out. But yeah, this needs to be a definitive opening victory, opening the new stadium. It just it, nothing needs to go wrong for Bobby Wilder's club against Norfolk State. Correct. Correct. Um, continuing on to the Saturday slate, then Southern Miss, Alcorn State, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. Uh, taking Southern Miss here, I don't think they'll have too much trouble with this. Alcorn State is another one of those programs that uh, has had one or two uh, struggles over the last couple of years, uh, not to the extent of VMI, but uh, I, I think this is going to be a good opportunity for Southern Miss to kind of explore their options at quarterback a little bit. You know, as we've mentioned, they definitely have uh, some options at that position. And I think this is the best opportunity they're going to have, at least as far as the early part of the season to really figure out what their best option is at that spot. We differ on this one just a little bit. Once again, do not want to upset the Southern Miss faithful. I am not saying you will lose this ball game. All I'm saying is that Alcorn State is the pride of the SWAC, and uh, in that sense, that they were the SWAC champion last year. They won nine games under Fred McNair. Fred McNair is the brother of the late Tennessee Titans. Uh, maybe I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but Tennessee Titans legend Steve McNair uh, is in his third season. They are, they, they've been a, like, like you said, Joe, I mean, they've had their struggles at times, but under Fred McNair, he's kind of had them heading in the right direction. And they're actually, like I said, they're the pride in the class of the SWAC heading into this year. Their team has projected potentially win another nine or 10 games. Once again, not saying Southern Miss will lose, but they need to show up. I, I don't think this is a much a, you know, get the kinks worked out type game uh, like the VMI Marshall game. So just show up when do what you're supposed to do, but it's not quite a, a pushover in my opinion. Fair enough. Should be a win, but it uh, doesn't sound like it'll be an easy win. Um, I don't think that will be the case for Middle Tennessee in this next one, unfortunately for them. Uh, could be that for their opponent, unfortunately. Michigan and Middle Tennessee State at the Big House, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Big Ten Network is where you can find that one. Um, I, you know, like the Ohio state game between them and, and Florida Atlantic, I don't have too much to say here. I think they're a little bit overclassed in terms of talent. Michigan was, uh, was a team that was real close to making the playoff last year, returning a lot of that team. Um, and, uh, middle Tennessee's got some, got some questions to deal with, particularly on that offense. So, uh, I think Michigan's going to run away with this one, unfortunately for blue Raider fans. Yeah, you know, you and I both in agreement there. I'm sure the major thing that you and I both are looking forward to seeing uh, in terms of how this game shakes out is just the quarterback situation. And it's almost unfair to whoever, you know, gets the majority of the snaps because you're playing such a tough team in Michigan. Uh, I expect it to be Asher O'Hara to at least get the start and maybe ride, you know, Rick Stocksville's club through this stretch where they have a, a more than a handful of, of power fight opponents. But, yeah, Michigan, I mean, that's a team that should be challenging for a CFP spot in 2019. Yeah, yeah, going to be a tough one for them, as we said. With uh, North Texas and Abilene Christian, I think it's going to be the other way around. Uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, ESPN+. Plus. Um, Abilene, I don't really know too much about them per se. I think they've given a couple different teams some troubles in the past. However, I don't think they're going to do that with North Texas. Really strong offensive talent on that team, like we've been saying all year. Um 
And uh, obviously, I, I really think for a team that we think is going to win Conference USA, they really shouldn't be having problems against the Sapling Christian team. So if they do, that's probably going to be a little bit of a red flag. But I think North Texas pretty much has this one in the bag. No challenge here. I think UNT rolls. I'll keep it short and sweet. For sure. And then we got uh, Texas and Louisiana Tech at uh, 8 p.m. on the Longhorn Network. Uh, you know, I think this is another one of those games that's <coughs> excuse me. This is another one of those games that's not indicative of where Louisiana Tech's going to be at the end of the year, of course. But uh, you know, I think Texas isn't quite up to the par right now with some of the other P5 games that we've talked about but still think they're going to win this one handily over the Bulldogs. Um, but just should be some good reps for, uh, especially for the younger guys on this roster against the obviously talented guys that are on the Longhorns roster. And then of course, you know, for the more experienced guys, it's a good way to kind of set the tone for what the, the attitude and the uh, field presence needs to be for the rest of the year. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I'm in agreement with you, but this is something I should have run by you before the podcast. I will call on the fly. Our friend Corey Diaz, who covers Louisiana Tech, has a quote from safety Jay Sneed. Did you happen to see this quote, or am I breaking to you right now? I haven't seen the quote, no. Okay, the quote from safety Jay Sneed on Texas receivers. They can't handle our press. We need to press them. We'll challenge them for all four quarters. <laughs> So now, uh, Jason, once again, it's uh, you can walk the walk. I mean, you talk the talk, it's time to walk the walk. So uh, I think Texas will win, but apparently we should be keeping an eye out for the press that uh, Tech will be pushing against the Texas receivers. Fair enough. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I don't know if you could hear as you were talking. Did you hear my uh, my Google Home go off in the background? It started Googling Jason Eat. I, I did. I did hear it. That's funny. I don't, that'll probably show up on the recording. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. With uh, both in terms of what happened on our broadcast and in terms of that comment, I I don't have the same kind of faith in uh, in the Bulldogs' defensive core, unfortunately. At least not for this game. Um, I don't have much faith in UTEP's season hopes either. They face Houston Baptist in the first game of the year at uh, 8 p.m. on ESPN Plus on Saturday. Um, I think this is going to be UTEP's one win of the year, to be honest with you. Um, Houston Baptists, um, if you don't know too much about them, they're not great. Uh, but I think with UTEP, I think this is a win they, they need to get if they uh, you know want to keep any kind of like positive attitude in that locker room throughout the year. Not going to be an easy thing to do with the injuries to, to Quadrez Wadley and the uh, kind of cloud hanging over Kyle Oxley. But, um, they need to make something happen, plain and simple. If they can't, it's it's going to be an even longer year than uh, than we already suspect it is. Houston Baptist is coming off of two straight seasons of one and ten. UTEP cannot, under any circumstances, lose this game or even, quite frankly, have a competitive showing. You mentioned two guys, Kyle Loxley. Got to see what he can do in year two in the system under Dana Dimmel. And I'm intrigued to see how Mr. Dion Hankins can perform. And he'll be shouldering the load to El Paso, Texas native. Uh, is kind of a legend there in El Paso. And he chose his hometown team, so we'll see what he can do. But, yeah, under no circumstances can this be a close game for uh, all involved with the UTEP program. Two wins in two years. You know who can't say that? UTEP. Right, because then they go. They went zero and twelve two years ago, right? Or did they get? And they got one last year. 
I, I believe you're you're correct. So I mean, <laughs> granted, uh, UTEP plays a little bit tougher competition than our, our, our friends there at Houston Baptist, but you you do make a factual point. So I guess I shouldn't come down too hard on uh, Baptist. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just going to be a sad game, <laughs> really. Um, definitely hoping for the uh, for the best for UTEP in that one because, like I mentioned, it's really hard. For it's it's got to be just incredibly difficult to be in that locker room when you know you're going to struggle for most of this year. You know this FCS team is like your one, you know, team where technically you have an advantage over them. And if you can't at least get that and salvage that little bit of pride, that's got to be brutal for the guys in that locker room, especially the guys that have been there for like the entire duration of the. Uh, you know, the two wins in or the one win in two years, rather, that uh, that we've seen from them the last couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, even think about it for a second, right? If you go back to 2016, they're a four-win team. You go back to 2015, they're a five-win team, right? So let me see if my uh, my quick math here as the not mathematician think this works. Uh, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. So you can be a 50-year guy and have seen relative success so yeah it's got to be you know a struggle and disappointment if you know when you came to the program uh if you if you're a fifth-year guy and you're recruited by them heading into the 2015 season the team that recruited you was a seven and six team under sean kugler who went to a bowl game so you're right it, it has to be very demoralizing in that in that locker room knowing that hey this is what we started out with and due to a variety of circumstances we're nowhere near that yeah yeah it's uh it's sad to think about. So hopefully they uh, they salvage that little bit of uh, pride and happiness and, and carry it with them for the rest of the year. That that can only better their chances if they have that going forward. Um, I think that uh, that wraps up our game previews for this week. Um, Eric, where are you watching the games this weekend? You know what? I plan on being at my house. Uh, I mean, I might step out Saturday. You know, go to a sports bar, check out. Um, Especially the the big time games, the FAU Ohio State game, the, the Middle Michigan game. Uh, obviously Thursday I'll be at Yeoman Stadium, you know, checking out the what should be hopefully the most competitive game, uh, FIU Tulane. But yeah, I think think I'll be somewhere between a local watering hole and my couch. How about you, buddy? There you go. I know I'm gonna be. Uh, I think I'm gonna be in Tennessee for for most of this weekend at uh, Norse Lake. So I think hopefully me and my some of my high school friends have an Airbnb, so hopefully we're going to watch some of those games in between, you know, swimming and grilling and that kind of thing. So that'll be it'll be fun. I've been looking forward to this weekend for a while, both in terms of the football and uh, this little uh, reunion with my high school friends. So I think it'll be it'll be fun. Nice, nice. Hey, man. Football season, you know, we might not have the most competitive slate, but it's there. It's real football. You can watch it. You can you know, play your fantasy football. You can drink to it. Not that we, you know, we, we advocate responsible drinking on the show. Um, yeah. So glad to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You can see it. You can taste it. It's real football and beer. Enjoy both of those things this weekend. Um, make sure you subscribe to the underdog podcast on iTunes, follow at underdog dynasty on Twitter, like them on Facebook and follow Eric and myself on Twitter at J O E H I O underscore and at Eric C Henry underscore. Uh, check back next week. We're going to recap uh, this weekend's games and uh, preview next weekend's games as well. So uh, make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, 
all the major platforms. We will talk to you every week for the rest of the season. Happy football watching, everybody. Mm-hmm.